when I was born, she was actually, just after I was born, she was taking medicine for ulcers. And before that, she had had um, an operation. I don't remember for what. I think it was after that in 88, which is three years after I was born. She had an operation. And then um, she also had a lot of complaints. Like there are all these ailments she was battling with from um, back back aches and pain. She would have um, pneumonia if, um, uh, once in a while. There's a time she actually broke her back, which is weird because she didn't fall or anything. Um, she was prone to a lot of accidents. So what happened? And then finally she had um, cancer. So that's how she died. So what happens with um, serpentine spirits, they collude or combine with witchcraft. So you end up having this thing in your stomach, which is actually a spirit or a demon living in you. And it takes over your body cells or functions, or let me say muscles, body tissues, so that you're feeling like some parts of your body are not your own body, like they're being controlled by something or somebody else. So witchcraft combines with a, a serpentine spirit to have a moving object all over your skin. You feel like there's something crawling on your skin, uh, like your clothes actually have something that's gripping you, like a grip, like maybe like a crab or a scorpion or a grip that's uh, basically not the normal fabric grip it's an external grip so and then you know this serpent in your stomach which is a spirit or a snake the spirit snake sends to you uh, is controlled by a witch um, like right now there's a wizard who lives above me right so now he's doing incantations so every time he does those incantations because I can hear him like skipping or jumping up and down, that means there's a ritual or an incantation that he's doing. So there is always something that seems to be emitted or sent to me when he's doing that kind of thing. And then when it's sent to me, um, there is the internal working in, in me through a snake demon that now is being controlled to sort of cooperate with the external thing around me. Then also, when I look around, sometimes there's this sort of, um, I know that you call it a fly, but it's some insect that buzzes. Okay, it doesn't buzz, really. Um, there's also this, yeah, it's, a, it's an insect, but they're shape-shifting uh, demons as well. They're not, I wouldn't call them spirits that are um, insects, but they can shift and change form look like an insect so like there's always one in my bathroom changes to a fruit fly sometimes and there's always one in my kitchen on my kitchen counter that looks that changes to a fruit fly for me to maybe ignore it but it's actually a spirit and then outside there's a place where I have a lot of um, the insects that come when it rains and there, there are birds that tend to come onto the 
the railing outside on the terrace but even that can be a spirit like those birds can actually be sent from a witch a witch's coven and finally a wizard or a witch can turn into an insect themselves yeah so there's a way that uh, the other day I saw it or God allowed me to see it it came in form of a human being I could see the form of a human and actually a man a guy but once he got to the window because it's not an invisible thing to the naked eye but that's something God allowed me to see it um, when he got to in his invisible suit when he got to the window he actually turned into an insect came had a look around and then went out towards the window got to the window changed back to a human form and then that's yeah that that was interesting right sometimes i see a bird leave my house from outside the window right that means inside my house there was probably an insect it can be like a fruit fly or a fly and then once it gets to the window sill or the window pane uh, or the actual glass of the window turns into a bird and i can see the bird fly away yeah so i'm not telling you this to scare you it's just to let you know this is how um, the satanic kingdom works with monitoring spirits. Um, the monitor sends signals, or from what I've observed the last four months, it's like the monitoring spirit sends signals to the cauldron or the monitoring device that the wizard or witch is using so they get to see what you're doing. And then that same monitoring demon can be used as a tool to torment you. So like for me, the torment is normally um, that the sort of crawling, itching, crawling thing on my head. Sometimes it usually feels like there's a vice grip on my head. Yeah, but the thing is, I know God will just, you know, he'll get me out of this eventually. But I think it's for me to learn and share this because it just hit me. Why is it? that I'm aware of what's happening, right? If God didn't want me to be aware, I wouldn't know what is attacking me. But right now, I'm totally aware of where the attack is coming from. So I believe that God wants me to share this so that people understand that their enemies are not human. It's actually principalities and powers of darkness. Just the way the Bible says, we fight not against flesh and blood. But again, because even the wizard or witch himself is also to some level possessed by a demon and the powers, quote-unquote, that they have are actually satanic. It's not an angel, it's a demon that is controlling them. So they may be aware, but they're also being controlled. They're being used, actually. They're under the mercy of that thing, whatever that thing that demon wants them to do is exactly what they'll do. And then, so they're monitoring spirits all over this house. Um, it used to be cockroach, now it's fruit fly, insects, sometimes a fly. I don't see the flies so much, now I see more fruit fly. Um, 
the bathroom where there's water so it makes me think it must be connected to the marine kingdom because they love anything to do with water and i believe there is a marine kingdom background on my father's side and the two work together marine kingdom really works closely with witches um there's there's the they are controlled or marine spirits are controlled a lot by witches uh yeah to gain power to do errands to monitor um to to afflict people there is a lot of that and then the serpentine kingdom is also controlled by witches so which can send you a snake um i find that there are different levels in the kingdom of darkness because there's sometimes witches can do something but then some aspects of what they do requires more power which i think is where another level of witchcraft comes in which i think is occultism but i'm not too sure um black occult white occultism people functioning in the occult now are on another level they're not just witches they are deep in witchcraft so deep now they're like totally engrossed in satanic worship what they do they get their powers from the devil himself and he allows them to be able to manipulate things even gadgets even phones um the airwaves internet you know satan is the king of the airwaves yeah and then also i think illuminati gets to uh, collaborate with black occultism or an occultism generally whether white or black is still occultism um so witchcraft occultism illuminati freemasons all those uh, part of another realm of darkness which i think is above the witches so the witches can easily be sent by freemasons by occultists and by illuminati people who i think are, are generally very closely linked to freemasons freemasons and illuminati are very closely tied together uh because freemasons in my research they believe they own the worlds and they can't be poor like they believe that they own corporations they you know they own the world so they seek to control the economy um so that's why you hear that people like rothschilds and rothschilds and the people who are controlling the financial system are actually part of freemasons right illuminati as you know is all about getting rich so that there and also it has roots in uh, egyptian worship of a goddess um who is a snake uh yeah so they're all tied up i'll keep you posted on how my audio goes because i think at this point it's just for you to learn it's for learning purposes I'm actually going to be putting this on my Facebook profile page more than audio because I realize that people like to see the person they're talking to um my visual social media is also under attack um praying that God is going to lift that because 
they try and make me look dark or they try to darken the screen, you know, mess up with the internet connection. Just a lot of attacks. And for me, I've started to realize the more they attack, the more the affirmation that you're actually doing something right. Um, for you to be attacked, it means that there is a risk, there is a threat. Someone is feeling threatened. If the enemy is feeling threatened, it means that whatever you're doing is working for the kingdom of God. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a threat. And God is gaining the pleasure and the glory out of it. That's why the enemy wants to mess up with it. I mean, if it didn't, if it wasn't for good and if it didn't affect people in a positive way, the enemy really wouldn't have a problem with it. It he'll be comfortable having you serve him by messing up people's lives. But if you want to make and if something you're doing is actually making the lives of people better, he's going to fight it. So I am excited that I'm going to be talking about this more. I'm actually praying they continue to attack me because I forget sometimes what I've been through. And an attack reminds me what I've already, like I've been through this, right? So my mentality is shifting completely now. Um, not, I mean, because I've prayed, I've fasted, and it's not going. So the next level is share your experience, and that is what this audio is about. It's about next level, and God has been telling me next chapter. So the next chapter is actually tell the world what you're going through, because it's only when I tell you what I'm going through, you will also be able to identify it in your own life, and as I battle it and win my own wars, guess what? I will share my strategies with you, and they will work with you, and you will be free, right? But the first thing is that you identify where your attacks are coming from. And once you do, uh, then you kind of are halfway through because identify identification is like half the work. When you understand who your enemy is, then you can pray targeted prayers against the marine kingdom, pray against the python, pray against the serpentine, pray against Freemasonry, Illuminati, and occultism working through people. So may all those who are listening that are um, suffering be healed, may they be covered by the blood of Jesus, may they be made whole. And may all those that the enemy is using either desist from what they're doing or face the wrath and the judgment of God, which I think is what is about to happen. They're about to be judged. But for them to be judged, there must be exposure. And that is what God is doing now. He's exposing the works and the workers of wickedness so that they can be removed from his plan and sanctify his church because most of these people are still within the church. They double and they make you believe that they're actually Christians, but they're not. They're Satanists. They're Satanists working in the occult. Oh, they're part of the Freemason. They're part of um, their witches and all like and all this and the other. And then they camouflage in church, they're in the choir, they're the ones that read your 
um, obituaries and then make announcements and all that. Yeah, so I'll be doing as many updates as I can. Bye bye for now. So now it stopped. I mean, this guy is literally listening to me <laughs> because he stopped doing incantations and all. So they do a lot of eavesdropping. Yeah, they want to know what you know and you know how your life is progressing. But right now he's he's busy. I mean, he's very quietly listening to me. To God be the glory this conversation that we're going to have may it also serve for your deliverance and your freedom in jesus name amen how do i save this recording Paul? so i just want to talk about the marine kingdom and the spirit husband because i think that's something i haven't really expounded on so in my case when we were talking about how i'd get these attacks from the marine kingdom and they'd show up in the faces of certain so-called men of god um the main what i find the conduit is in most cases is a spirit husband or a spirit that has already been put in you uh possibly through fear enticed through fear um, in the traditional African society, we had this so-called protection spirits and a lot of our forefathers actually worshipped uh, demons in form of gods who are marine gods, you know, serpentine gods. And they didn't know, like when you offer libations and all that, those are demons, those are actually spirits that you're offering. Um, if you did a wedding, a traditional wedding, and you were told, I don't know, pour something like wine or some food or whatever to some ancestral spirit that's a demon those are spirits some a lot of our cultures have worked with familiar spirits and some of them have worked also through a so-called spirit husband who passes on the will of these demons quote-unquote um, while passing on the traditional um, you know, beliefs or convictions of an ancestor. So they'll say, oh, this ancestor appeared to me and this and this ancestor did this and the other and they want me to do this. Those are demons. It's actually a dark a spirit from the dark world or the, the kingdom of darkness and they will manipulate you using those people because they know that you are fond of them or they were highly respected or you would dare not disobey them you know like you can imagine your father or grandfather appearing to you and they say a couple of things to you and those are things that you know you you um you guard or you how do i put it um you consider to be true yeah, and maybe they are even true to some extent. But the thing is, what is the force behind it? It's not the kingdom of light. It's the kingdom of darkness. And that's where we go wrong, where you don't identify who is behind this and what exactly is behind this. So after further research, I realized that a lot of our forefathers were doing marine kingdom worship. And these spirits were never dealt with. In other words, there are covenants that were cut. And when they agreed to the terms of this covenant, they agreed even on behalf of future generations. So whatever they cast um, for this, uh, that particular generation that got into those covenants, they actually 
also agreed on behalf of future generations that were not yet even born. So you have to get into the habit, and some of us don't like doing this warfare prayers, but you have to learn to do warfare at some point, especially if God shows you for sure this is what and what happened. For me, what triggered all this was my mom's death. I have spoken about it in a different audio um, that I don't think she... Did I talk about it? I don't think I did actually talk about it. Um, so she was diagnosed with cancer, but apparently it was witchcraft, and God has, in various stages, in a very gentle way, because he knows I was fond of my mother, and there are people who may be involved that I was, or I am still very much connected to. And um, yeah, someone took the name, her name to an evil altar, and actually tried to kill her through witchcraft. So what you call cancer... Sometimes it's actually witchcraft that has been said. I don't say in all cases, although I do believe cancer already in its raw form is demonic. As in, in it, by raw form, I mean in its very essence. Just like COVID, it is all demonic. It is, it is not of God. It is something that has been concocted in the, in the dark realm. And because of that... The level of heart, the heartache, the trauma that comes with losing a loved one through that method or through that illness, that terminal illness, is so traumatic, it affects you in such a deep way and it's supposed to cause you that trauma so that even you who is mourning is bound up in some way, in fear, in anxiety, oh my gosh, do I have it also, am I going to die of cancer as well? Um, and then you start to, you know, feel bad that somebody died in such a painful manner. You know, it's so, you know, you can imagine it takes a toll on the body, it takes a toll on your finances. Everybody's just wary of everything in all dimensions, financial, physical, spiritually, because you're not getting any healing. A lot of our pastors also are not equipped to deal with these things. So, anyway, spirit husband comes in uh, I think majorly from that aspect of um, you know in honor of a covenant that was cut and they come in and attack at some level or some age um, I'd say I, sat, I started to notice mine way later but I could have had from the womb even from the womb because sometimes your mother already has a spirit husband and when they're carrying their baby, they can easily influence or even get in. Influence meaning the baby will be sick, can get a preterm birth, can get a stillbirth. That's what I mean by influence. Or in other cases, the spirit husband can transfer to the child or invite, um, I'd say maybe invite someone, some other spirit to, you know, take over your, your, uh, the, your baby's body. And live, live incognito under the radar for years until one day or in one season you start to notice ah, things are not working out. You start to notice certain ailments, unexplained sicknesses. A lot of times unexplained sicknesses, premature death, um, hemorrhaging of resources, or you're not getting jobs, you're not, get, you're not getting promoted like you should like things are just and that is a way of them frustrating you to a point where you start to look for answers and those answers 
um, hopefully can lead you back to worshipping that demon or idol that demon that particular one that used to be worshipped before so it's a way of enforcing um, the contracts that were there before and ensuring that future generations are stuck with that worship or that um, yeah yes worship of that idol and they stick to worshipping that idol so when especially when you start to become closer to god that's where some of these things go haywire but even if you're not they will try and own your progeny your future generation your your kids by frustrating you so that you curse your children you're talking badly to them you know they're already instilling a sense of ownership of your children by you hating them so that you your your affection is not towards them and that way they can introduce their demons um you see when children are affected that early demons enter through anger through their anger despondence a depression feeling of being unloved rebellion all those can be spirits and a demon demon of rebellion um spirits of rebellion can enter them and give way to a spirit husband because what will they do they can start um, maybe in their teenage they start watching porn or they will start uh, masturbating or they'll start uh, you know just acting up and doing things that will invite um residents of now the real yeah the upper level of you know wicked spirit which is a demon this is a spirit husband who takes ownership of every aspect of their life um to the point where their body begins to change that's why you hear people as piercing themselves funny tattooing um cutting themselves up those are that is not something you do rationally you know there has to be influence people are going into gay marriage i mean are getting um into gay and lesbian relationships they've dropped school they're very sharp this to do very well suddenly their grades have dropped they into drugs they get into addictions and a lot of the time they start to see manifestation in teenage early 20s towards late 20s early 30s um now but if you haven't noticed a pattern by by your 30s um then you know you, you want to start praying about it whether it's it's there or not because it gets worse like the impact will be worse then you start hearing things like oh midlife crisis it's not really midlife crisis sometimes it's how that demon shows up uh people committing adultery divorces arg- small arguments leading to crazy actions and i mean just <laughs> an official polygamy where people are just you know having multiple partners um alcoholism drugs yeah even up to national levels where policies you can imagine people sitting in high positions who are under this kind of influence of something that they don't even see or recognize physically it's not something that is clear on a physical examination so they are busy sitting in office very influential passing policies doing things um that are very questionable and yet they are under demonic influence and maybe they don't know it so that's my two cents about that um you can comment and uh, let me know what you think thank you for listening have a good day bye bye uh what we're talking about really is a spirit spouse who can be either male or female you know apparently demons they have no gender they can switch or 
let's change form so let's just say it's spirit spouse right so for a guy it would be a spirit husband i mean a spirit wife and for a lady i'm more used to speaking uh, about spirit husbands because i'm female but yeah it can go either way either way out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters so it occurs to me that a lot of people are hearing jesus but you don't acknowledge the voice my sheep know my voice wow wow now i used to read the bible and get so offended about you know <laughs> i don't know whether to say 10 years or 20 years ago because i would start reading and then i would stop like i would start from genesis exodus and this time i remember getting to i don't remember whether i was in high school or campus or, or even whether it was after campus the time i got to deuteronomy or leviticus and i got so offended by the laws you know i was all and still am very girl power oriented um i didn't know what it was called i didn't know it was feminism i i don't think i'm a feminist now but back then, I think it's because of the blatant discrimination I saw in our culture. I am Meru, and they don't, they don't make bones, especially some parts of Meru. They don't make bones about the fact that boys are more valuable because of you know that's the cultural tradition. And those are the things I know you'll say: grow out of it, get out of it you know, be a modern woman, those things change. They didn't change. They're still there. And it's not just the African culture. Read, lean in and see what even a Western culture has to say about that. Americans, um, that women are still overly underpaid uh, compared to a same expertise a male. So I'm not going to go there. But anyway, I got to Leviticus and it looked to me like God was pushing for the very thing that I thought I had left or was battling with in my culture. And even now I feel the presence of God just talking about this because it was a huge turnaround for me when I finally came to realize that God was protecting the women. I know. I know it's going to be a long discussion. But the guys, the men took advantage of the law to make it oppressive. What was meant to persuade, to draw, to, to cajole, you know, I'd even say to court. Because we say, you know, Jesus is the lover of our souls. He was protecting these women in that age. Um, but to me, it just seemed so unfair that even in terms of the time given between the time that a woman uh, was in consecration, you know, she wasn't supposed to come to the presence of God. Um in her period or whatever 
after birth, even the rituals after death. Uh, women were mourned for for a shorter period. Am I making this up? I don't. You, you can read Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Actually, Leviticus because it has the laws. And I was like, really, God? Even you, even you, put a lesser value on me over a man, over a boy, child, and I'm supposed to follow and obey you. And then on top of that, he goes down the line um, ahead to Abraham. No, that was actually previously. Abraham, previously, God told him, walk before me and be blameless. I was in straits. I was like, how can I walk before you and be blameless? What is this about? I don't trust myself to be blameless. So, I didn't start at this level. There are levels to this. There's levels to this. A trust relationship is built. It doesn't happen by virtue of the fact that it should happen. A lot of people don't know where to start with God. It's like you're beginning on a negative. I was also on a negative. I felt that God was unfair to women. Even until the New Testament, I couldn't stand Paul. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, even reading the, what they call the Paulines or the letters to the churches that Paul wrote, I had a standoff against Paul. Me, I had beef with him. I was like, how do you tell people, I mean women, to sit? And they're not supposed to talk. And I, I'm yet to find a pastor who really breaks it down for me convincingly. But you know what? In the final analysis, I came to learn a relationship with God is a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with God, Moses, Paul, and Abraham. Or whoever else you don't agree with. It's with him directly. So if you sit at the table. Literally ask him these questions. Why is it that you allowed. That women be treated like this. That when they committed adultery. This was the punishment. And the guy is the one who's proving adultery are committed by the woman. Why isn't it that the woman can go and press charges for the same adultery and get the same result? Because me, the stories that stood out to me was how the woman is on was constantly being cross-examined. And men could get away with it or, or seems to get a lesser punitive dam damage. So for a long time, I was like, you know what, God, I know I'm supposed to be obedient to you and all that. But there's stuff I don't understand. But the things, I allowed the things that I didn't understand to bring a wedge 
between my relationship, I mean, between us, between me and God, it brought a wedge into a relationship simply because I didn't understand and because I grew up in an authoritarian <laughs> atmosphere, at least when I was younger, I it took my mother years, I think it was when she hit 50, that we could discuss anything. Her word was law, you know. It wasn't about negotiating. So me, I knew if God has said, he didn't expect me to ask anything. So it's either you take it or leave it. It took me a while to learn that I could have a conversation. I could actually ask here and here and here, what did you mean? Why did we have to suffer because of this scripture that says that Eve is one who tempted Adam. So now all women are going to be used by the devil. <laughs> you know, and I think even I started to hear these messages very recently about how Adam was there with her. So he wasn't absolved from the blame of not taking charge because even him, he knew the commands. I mean, me, I grew up hearing these stories of, yeah, Eve was a, the bad one. So women are bad. And then you get to Paul. I, sh I was like, you know what? Let's just pack this whole story and take with what we agree on, right? But then scripture says that all scripture, Second Timothy, is God-breathed, isn't it? So that means even that has its place and its context and the culture and the people and women and who they are, I guess, meant we need to be treated differently. But there are many things I wasn't agreeing with because I know the frailties of a man or men that I've encountered if you're telling me that that is the person I'm to submit to, I'm like, Yanni, it's okay. That's not, that's not even good. I'll not put myself in that position, i.e. I'm not going to get married. Because you're going to require of me things I cannot, I don't think I can do. So now that's another topic. So God started to talk to me about marriage. I don't remember it being a conversation per se. It was just he brought different people into my, you know, YouTube, Facebook. And they were talking about how marriage is sanctification. I was like, so I walk into a marriage in order to get sanctified. Isn't there any other way? And how it's about purifying the bride, you know, as the bride is being purified. And, you know, the love that the husband shows should be the love that Jesus should, should be, right? So if you look at it that way, it's a perfect picture. If the man loves me like Jesus, then that's fine. Because now that I have met Jesus, I can see how that would work out for me to submit to this man. But without knowing Jesus, 
you're going to wonder why on earth you're being asked to submit to a man if especially he's not meeting his end of the bargain i.e. loving you like Christ loves the church selflessly and loving himself like his own body so all this entanglement um is just to show that things are not always straightforward but you don't reel at men of god and preachers and evangelists you don't reel against them for unanswered questions you study the word number 1 for yourself And then number two, you go to God for the answers that you're not getting in Scripture. Get sensitive about the Spirit of God, because He's the one that will lead you to the answers. Did I get my answers? I could say yes. I can comfortably say, I'm okay with marriage now. I'm okay with seeing how it fits into God's plan and purpose for my soul. and not just for my physical needs or what society expects of me because sometimes that's how it goes yeah it's expectations of others that drive our actions so yeah i've gotten to that point where i know it won't be perfect but this is what god expects of the couple um of the marriage partners separately individually and when they come together um i'm working through my feminist ideas it was so bad that at some point i wanted to start a group specifically for women to be taught to reel and rebel against paternalistic um and chauvinistic systems then i learned i came to learn that's exactly what the enemy wants That is exactly what the devil wants. He wants me to hate men. And he wants me to get a whole crowd of women that hate men. Right? And yet that was not God's intention. God's intention is that we fully appreciate the difference between the makeup of the created female being because he said female and male i created them both male and female were created and then the distinction came when he gave a female a certain body right uh, a certain form the male was given a certain form but there's a lot of femininity there are a lot of points of femininity in a man and there are a lot of masculine characters in a girl she can still be strong she can still lead she can still be and men can still be emotional can still be extremely nurturing as in men who are really good with babies babies toddlers nurturing extremely caring like extremely to the point where the woman is on the wants to leave the house and just go to work and him he's on that wants to quit work 
and stay at home and do dishes and cook like it's okay i'll take care of everything but then there comes this role play but god created us with roles but also that we acknowledge male and female he created them the side of you that's feminine the side of you that's masculine the side of you that's kind of like a dude like you know i speak and that's the end of the discussion because of my wisdom which is usually attributed to a man that is not true both male and female virtue is found in god himself i find that god is extremely emotional i mean honestly like sometimes you're like okay 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 i'll do it um he gets sad he gets angry he gets yeah and he's still extremely possessive like a dude like that possessiveness jealous extremely jealous of the people that belong to him um extremely jealous of his possession that's why you see him all through the the old testament constantly speaking words of encouragement and to draw back the children of Israel back to his heart his heart not so much the religion by the time you get to Malachi it's almost like he throws out the letter or the law in favor of his heart how have you robbed me you have asked by this and this and this he wants people to fast genuinely to practice things genuinely out of their heart's desire to have a relationship that is a good relationship with him not just to obey a set of rules and that's what i didn't get you see me i came from a background of legalism and extreme do's and don'ts uh where relationship was not part of it it was you either do this or you go to someone else's house you you guys had that when you were growing up right and may country reconcile that kind of thing but it's also that era of dictatorship i guess even you know there's a generation that grows up with certain things they just they grow up with hardship and so you know for survival they have to have the rules of the game you either abide or you die you know um because of this atmosphere but by the time I was coming into the picture as a millennial uh, <laughs> my sisters were raised in a different way me i didn't get it me i didn't get it i was like if you can't come to the table and tell me why you want me to do what you want me to do i'm out I'm not there. Right? But I realized I was still practicing the very thing I didn't understand neither did I agree with. I still ended up being a very rigid girl even growing up. I wanted to enforce the law. I had a very strong sense of justice. I wanted people to get what is due to them. I hated oppression. That's something else God gave me. I hate when people are being treated badly 
and and when rules and regulations are too stringent people can't breathe because they're not coming from a place of um rationality it's dictatorship for the purposes of subduing and controlling and that's not God's heart especially subduing and controlling people you can subdue the environment you don't try to subdue me <laughs> that is a form of witchcraft you don't control me you don't manipulate me that's not what god called you to do but whole governments operate on controlling manipulating their subjects i don't know that was machiavelli or whoever you know there are people who have read the wrong books and sought to enforce the wrong principles principles out of insecurity and fear that's how you know someone who's fearful the ingratitude the selfishness the oppression the passing off the blame people who never take responsibility they never sacrifice anything themselves they'll make everybody else suffer except them them they're the last to suffer So just know what you have on the line it's your soul that's what's on the line that's what is being contested here Someone said the devil is not interested in your car <laughs> The fact that it got towed away was to get to you was to get to your soul That's what's on the line when you have beef with God sort it out with God If there are things that you don't understand about his word, talk to him about it. Don't disobey because you feel he also is doing you wrong, like tit for tat. You established this law against me, or you you said this, which wasn't, in my opinion, convenient for me, so I'm not gonna obey. You know there's a word I have learned it's called nevertheless. My goodness, I came across it towards the end of last year. I was listening to some people and this you know you know God is talking to you and the messages are so similar. There was like at least three preachers were talking about that will be done and not mine nevertheless not my will. But interesting even Easter yet that was december chan nevertheless so you don't obey god because he's dancing or he's putting the tune that works for your dance moves or because he's dancing to your tune you obey because that's who he is just for who he is for whatever he says but come to the table he said come in Isaiah let's reason together what have I given you hmm? what is your complaint read the book of Isaiah what is your issue exactly then you have that discussion openly and unashamedly 
I'm gonna end here. Do drop your comments or questions. We're learning. I'm learning also. So we're in it together. Bye for now. So what then voodoo priests do is seek to reintroduce or reestablish those covenants by digging into your background and getting a loophole. So you know how uh, the Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. So one of those footholds or a stronghold that the enemy uses is witchcraft or a back background of idol worship. That's why God keeps saying um, in the, the first three commandments, do not, you shall have no other gods beside me. You shall not um, worship any other gods. You shall not make a graven image. So it's a lot to do with worship of the true and only uh, wise almighty God as opposed to um, all these other gods because they are attached to idols so like the god of the sun, you know, Egyptians used to have the god of the sun, the river, um, marine, which is now marine gods, you know, gods of water, fertility gods, all those. Uh, um, and even in us, our, our context as Africans, we had our own set of um, gods of rain, god of harvest, all these things that really led towards worshipping a demon or demons. Yeah, and then spirits will try to enforce that worship by you having a very rough time. They will not allow you to be successful until um, you are reinforced or cut a new covenant with them and continue in the practices of your forefathers. So if you're experiencing a specifically or particularly very tough season in your life um you may want to question whether it is natural is it really about covid or is it part of the strategy of these spirits wanting to reinforce your dead ancestors covenants right and usually um it will mean also taking out some of your family members or initiating them into some Something usually it's something that looks harmless, like it could be a church, but it's a cult. Like in my case, it could be a church, but it's actually a cult. It could be Freemasonry, all these networking clubs, sorority, but actually they're pushing for an evil agenda. So once it gets to those things of um, <laughs> sacrificing somebody in your family, now you know they're there for sure. You're yeah, you're not in the you're not in a godly place at all. So, um, usually you are either sometimes you start off you start off as a victim and then a perpetrator of the very thing. That's the pattern I've seen. So mostly it starts out you're the victim. So there, there's a barrage of attacks, right? Attacks on your marriage, finances, um, prosperity generally, your name, your reputation. And then um, once your back is against the wall, or you, one's back, um, let me try to be neutral, one's back is against the wall, then they give you a solution, which is initiation, right? 
So you see like all these um, gospel artists or pastors, and that's why I don't really blame pastors sometimes, huh? because that's where they find themselves. That's how where they find themselves, especially if the relationship with God isn't very tight. And usually there's a huge storm that brews before they initiate to like, you're not making sales, your congregation is dwindling, you know, your ministry is stagnant, you're not getting money like through tithe and offering. Th things are not working out. So the solution that they offer you, I don't know how exactly it goes there. Yeah? I don't know the detail, whether they take you somewhere or what, but what I've, I've seen and what I've heard from the accounts, the accounts of various people is it's presented as some sort of, yeah, a way out of your troubles. Mm -hmm. So you end up being initiated and then, um, yeah, now you start working for the devil, start trying to initiate others. Your concerts are big so that you get numbers, so that you get, they, they get more people these demons get more people to initiate and work for them so that they capture more souls. Or even if it's not initiate, initiation, it is to trap more people. So the kingdom of darkness really operates from stealing from the kingdom of light. You know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So they kill, steal, and destroy from and plunder the kingdom of light. So you know that dream you had that uh, God gave you a song, it is hijacked, and you will somebody else will make money from your epiphany, from your download from heaven. Someone else will make money from, um, you know, the concept or the idea that God gave you while you were sleeping. Or even someone else will take your job, your promotion. You don't know what it is that you are um, lying on or, you know, you don't know what lies in your destiny. Most of us don't even ask God what is in our destiny. And that's a sad bit because you don't know or you don't ask God. People are free to plunder you as they please, yeah? So it's good to know from God and that's why as I have done a recording on Ask God, yeah? What it is you should be doing because people have read your destiny. You know, they read um, Jesus' star and they knew he was uh, the Messiah, even people that didn't know God, they didn't worship God, yeah? So you need to know what your destiny holds. Somebody else could be riding on your destiny and you don't know. Mm. Yeah, so just ask God. So I've dealt with destiny theft and um, dream stealing. The other major thing is the catering department of the Satanic realm. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how did I know all this? Trust me, it's from what I've experienced and tried to get answers from here and there. And finally, this is what I've concluded, but you're free to comment and, you know, share your own experience and your own insight. So um, when it comes to the catering department in the Satanic realm, eh, they try to feed you food. So when you're dreaming, you're being fed. So they'll always feed you what you like. Yeah, For me, I used to dream of cake. Well, uh, chocolate cake, chocolate fudge, <laughs> chocolate cake, and smoothies. Yeah, So when they're feeding you, they're actually trying to get you into a covenant. Because what witches and warlocks do is they feed you in the real 
life yeah they give you food but it's um i don't know i don't know how to say contaminated but it introduces spirits and that way you enter into a covenant through that food um you know we enter into covenants even in um let me call it a sane world when you have a feast you know you have um an enjoyable occasion you have to serve food it's just a way of courtesy but it's also a way of introducing brotherhood and getting into a covenant and that food is actually binding in some way i don't know exactly how but it gets into um you get into a covenant through this food and even it introduces spirits spiritual attacks can be um uh, what is it called the, the way is paved for them to get in by through this food in the spirit realm which manifests in the physical realm when you've eaten this food in the dream it actually manifests sometimes through sicknesses or hardship or whatever it is that you are dreaming as a nightmare it comes to be so a lot of people are dreaming about being bitten by a snake that snake biting is actually poisoning of your life like it ends up hindering your progress in some way or other so it's not just a snake bite you wake up and ignore it it's actually going to translate into real life by that poison or venom spreading into some part of your life so you'll find after the snake bite maybe your marriage isn't working or suddenly you're not you're no longer eligible for that promotion you know that means some part of your life is being attacked maybe even your health so just check and pray about pray about any dream so what um, princess belamsi taught me or taught us in pbm school of power is that when you wake up in the morning you just say god if there's anything that i dreamt that was for me or for my good or to my advantage i receive it and i activate it let it happen let it be so whatever it is that i dreamt that wasn't for my good or for my benefit let it be cancelled in Jesus' name. Because sometimes you won't even remember the dreams, but you'll know you had a nasty experience. Yeah. So those are people who work throughout the night. People work people work for the devil even in the spirit realm when they are asleep. Eh? So they are busy catering uh, food. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you some really scary things because I've seen even my own relatives, very close relatives in the dream doing catering work. Eh? It may be shocking who appears in your dream, but imagine it's true. If if you see that face, just pray about it. Ask God if it's really them, because sometimes they're camouflaged. The real culprit is being camouflaged by a familiar face, and they're not really the ones, but somebody else is using them. Um, yeah, so get your confirmations before you start. And then don't fight in the physical. You pray about it. You don't, um, you know, start throwing, you know, words or you know fighting in the physical realm um god will give you a strategy against them yeah so to crown all this a major major aspect is a spirit of confusion they have to have you confused and short of memory so that you don't retain information and so that you're not able to even tell on the culprits because you don't even remember them or you don't remember your dreams you don't remember or you're just generally confused about life you don't trust your judgment anymore so now they enforce that um you know confusion or the fact that you don't know what you're doing is enforced by confusion so when you raise some issues they'll be like hey but you know are you really sure i know you're not so sure because you have this spirit of confusion so 
I find you also have to bind on or cast out or be delivered from the spirit of confusion so that um, you're able to tell your story coherently and it, you don't mix up issues because sometimes what is not working in your life has nothing to do with your own judgment. It's actually somebody else who's manipulating things, which is what witchcraft is about. It's about control and manipulation. They're manipulating your life so that you feel confused and yet it's not like you don't know. You you normally are a person of good judgment and you know you you generally are very sound in your decision-making. But the season or the things that they put you in, they put you in a season that your 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 judgment is weak and you start to make very silly decisions. And so your witness or your account cannot be trusted or it's supposed to be untrustworthy because of the state of mind they have put you in. So notice that a lot of control and manipulation is so that it can be used or it is a channel or a way or a means of stealing your blessings so you had a very good wife suddenly you're having a fight you have a very good husband suddenly he's cheating on you um like it's supposed to steal your blessings you have favor in the workplace suddenly everybody is against you um that is what the spirit of i mean the kingdom of darkness does they just steal blessings god has given you a good business they'll try and undermine it or run it down they'll introduce unfair competition or malpractice and something will just drive it under um so you want to you want to keep in prayer and stop um assuming that these things just happen they don't just happen they're planned they're laid out they're crafted they're scripted from the demonic realm through witchcraft marine powers is another way I'm working with serpentine spirits who are really uh, very, very bad uh, slanderers and uh, gossipers and all that. It's that um, you know, spreading wrong rumors about you. And all this can work together into a very, very convincing um, confederation or concoction of just negativity. A lot of negative, 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 negative energy and negative results from that negative energy. So just be on the lookout and pray, 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 pray. Um, read the word of God. I know it's not very clear from the Bible, but it's actually there. Um, these spirits are there in the Bible. The Jezebel spirit works against the men of God, like Elijah was fought by Jezebel. And these are, you know, spirits that don't want people to thrive. The Herod spirit, uh, spirits of Pharaoh, um, keeps you in bondage, wants to keep you dependent on them. Um, gossiping spirits, slanderers, malicious. You know, when you think of Tobiah and who was the other guy who was um, uh, the one who was um, opposing Nehemiah from rebuilding. They don't want you to rebuild even your own life. Eh? So everything becomes a struggle, but you have to fight, 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 fight through it. Yeah, you have to fight and fight the good fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, finally, then you also want to be, okay, I don't know if it's finally, but there are also evil prognosticators, people who only predict doom and gloom and show you how your idea won't work and things are not going to work out for you because 
oh my gosh, this could go wrong, look at the economy, you don't have the necessary prerequisite skills for applying for that job, your opportunities, stay away from such people, they've been sent by the devil. Like, all they want to see is you struggling. If you notice you have people around you who don't ever predict anything good for you, <laughs> and especially when you're at the cusp of your success, you know, they don't want to see you succeeding, and that is also uh witchcraft spirit it's also an evil let me just call it an evil spirit yeah people who just don't want to see you making it in any way avoid such people at all because sometimes it's your close relatives um they just want to see you dependent and desperate and under tons and tons and tons of issues and problems that is their joy somehow when you talk to them you don't detect any remorse or sympathy or even empathy you know i'm sure you get you know that probably one or two people just avoid them so thank you for listening bye-bye for now so all this is tied together by a spirit or spirits of envy and jealousy. People, and it's funny the people who can be envious or jealous of you because they actually have a thriving life of their own. But that's how the enemy works. He convinces them that they need to be, or they have a reason to be jealous about you. And yet they are also blessed. It's not like, <laughs> you know, it's also backed by a spirit of greed. People who just want everything and they want it now. They want shortcuts and they want it now. Um, and also those who want to bring you down, those are the evil prognosticators. There are people who really want to bring you down, they just don't like you, but there are people who are very jealous, very envious of you, and those are the people that the enemy uses in his kingdom because it's easy to convince them to harm you. Yeah. So just stay away from them, pray against them, um, get prayers online. Some of them are really powerful, some of them... Um, may not really hit at your particular issue so it's good to first of all understand what it is in the spirit realm that is working against you then get the appropriate solution so just to define or to show you how wide this can go you also have um, you could also have the spirit of rejection brought in uh, spirits of an orphan spirit where you don't trust anybody don't want anything to do with anybody or spirits of rejection where people just don't like you for no apparent reason and they take opportunities away from you at last minute a spirit of hatred you can actually carry a spirit of hatred people just look at you and they don't like you for they haven't even gotten to know you they just don't like you <laughs> And and they just have already passed a judgment against you for whatever reason. And this is what draws people away into isolation. Because they're like, nobody likes me, nobody cares. Which even introduces more spirits and more demons. Because now they've, they've managed to isolate you. They've managed to make you hate yourself. Which is actually against God's commandment. Because God says, love one another as you love yourself. So you're supposed to have... A healthy self-image, a healthy self-concept. And once that is stripped away from you, and I don't know why I'm thinking specifically of married women who are verbally abused. That's another way that the enemy uses to strip you of your esteem and godly 
confidence that comes from I am a child of God kind of confidence um, where you have confidence in your right standing as a useful and contributing member of society. You know, there are things that people will tell you just to drag you down so that that way the enemy gets you into a low self-esteem mode and you're not gaining any victories in the physical realm. So you're not gaining any victories either in the spirit realm or in the physical realm because you do need some level of self-affirmation and that affirmation already comes from God, right? So when you speak against yourself, you're actually denying your uh, beauty, your worth and your esteem in the eyes of God. Yeah, I had to learn that as well. So uh, God doesn't say that you're stupid or that you're foolish or whatever. We are the ones sometimes who convince ourselves that we are not up to the task or we are not worthy or valuable enough um, to attain certain levels of success or even acceptability. Yet God has already paved the way for you to be accepted, number one, by him and then favored by men. So you pray against all those things, rejection, abandonment. I don't know if I can do a prayer. Maybe I will one day. Mm -hmm. That will be a very high next level for me. But it's easier for me to talk about it for now so that you understand or you're able to check. If it doesn't apply, it doesn't apply. It doesn't have to apply. But if it does, then it's a caution that you need to pray against it. And really seek God about how to go about some of these issues, right? Right. So another thing that goes with affliction, I'm not sure if I've covered this, but it's monitoring. Monitoring spirits can be in a person who is very close to you or tries to be very close to you. You're not really friends, but I don't know. You can even tell there's a suspicion um, about their line of conversation. It's always to dig out information about you. They don't have any solutions to offer and they're not really offering much about their own lives. <laughs> but they sort of just want to, you know, keep tabs on you, right? And that can be a very close relative as well, who you would excuse because you imagine that they're doing it out of concern. Mm check again they probably are acting as a conduit to inform a witch coven or a coven or a group of people that are coming together to script your life for the worse not for the better for evil and not for good so they could be witches they could be other sects or other people who are cultists or, or cultists um, you know, or working under masonry or Freemason kind of uh, meeting. So basically, if they want to bring you down, they want to keep tabs on you in order to know, or as an information, can imagine like, uh, you know, CIA or undercover agent, um, some sort of 007 thing going on, where, you know, they want to investigate you and see where your pain point is, uh, which is your weakest area, what can they use to infiltrate your life or to, um, you know, the weak place where they can totally destroy you from, right? So once you know you have a suspicion about somebody, it would be easier for you to just find a way to keep your conversations general or just don't talk to them. If you know you're the kind of person who's prone to 
speak out your heart or you know unburden and you know say a whole bunch of things because some people just can't help it but to talk and divulge a lot of information while talking so you want to just stay away right but if you can control it you know keep it general how are you doing fine how is everything good um and don't like go into detail don't go into specifics because that's what they really want and if you have confirmed it's not for any good then you may want to avoid them altogether A monitoring spirit can also appear in form of a drone, like a demonic drone. Drones come in form of insects like flies, fruit flies. Mm, I've seen even dragonflies, you know, funny insects, you know, yeah, just insects. They, they come to check on you, to spy you. That housefly may not be a housefly. They could be a demon. A, a spirit, a, a monitoring spirit turning into a fly. It could even be a person. It could actually be a witch. could be some spirit version of a person. Like I said, they can shift and be whatever they want to be in the real world. They're even human beings that are not human, but I won't get into that because I'm not really... I don't have a direct experience with that, so I can't really talk about it. So beware of monitoring. Monitoring for evil. Monitoring for evil. Mm, I've remembered, like, Tobiah and Sanbarat. Mm, all those guys did for Nehemiah is to spy on him, try and undermine his efforts, sabotage, tell on him to the king. I mean... Just evil and tiresome, annoying characters. You know, read about Nehemiah and where Tobiah and Sanballat came in. They even led him to a false prophetess. Um, to just, as a prophetess or a prophet? I think it was a prophetess to just give him a doom and gloom kind of report so that he would be fearful. Very typical of such people. Monitoring for the wrong intention. Mm, to stop you from succeeding. <laughs> Another important area you want to look at is bloodline curses. Some of our uh, bloodline are under or is under a curse for things that our ancestors or people who are older than us did and so put us at a position of receiving curses rather than blessings. I don't have enough content about this. I'm actually due to watch a video. Um, I think I'll do that today just to gain a bit more insight because a curse does not just come. A curse causeless, I think the scripture says, a curse does not come causeless, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So you you may be under a curse, a generational curse, where people just aren't thriving or getting married or they're not getting children or their marriages don't work or, you know, they have a lot of spousal abuse because of a curse that says you will never marry well because it's not just about getting married, you want to marry well. 
um i think the um the model that is used is ruth and what ruth and boaz yeah you want to marry well so uh you know they don't want you to thrive the demons are really don't want you to thrive and they put you under a curse so they lead you into a curse they make you or your ancestors mm. did something which i'm sure they did it convinced that it was the right thing sometimes you know life pushes you to some decisions and these people didn't know jesus right i mean think about it although some were already god fearing like job in the bible didn't know jesus but he was god fearing so for some generations or some lineages are at an advantage because their ancestors actually feared the god of you know abraham isaac and jacob there are others who feared their wrong gods and they feared them like real fear not respect not all like afraid of them sort of you know so they believed that these are the people who are who held their success um who would either make them or break them and so got into various covenants with them but also this um ancestors or these people who've gone ahead of us or even yourself could have done something that triggered a curse from god if you look at the bible cain was under a curse from god because of his attitude towards um his brother you know jealousy envy and a lot of uh, disrespect he didn't really respect god enough to give him a worthy sacrifice and yeah we we are guilty of that even in this generation where we just do not reverence god there isn't there isn't a lot of reverence anymore i don't know that's another topic for another day it's a topic for another day so we can attract curses from our bloodline somebody somebody did something could have been murder incest rape they stole they were um they were unfair or they perverted justice uh you know they mistreated a weak member of society someone who was already bowed low and they you know so before god those things are serious yeah how you treat the poor how you treat the powerless um those who have nobody to defend them how you treat the widow it's all over the bible so you could you could also research about your family and if there are obvious curses that are running in your bloodline some curses have to do with just lack of productivity there are people who don't do anything useful with their lives they don't have anything to show for their lives they they never reached their destiny or they never got into their purpose even if they did they were so naturally that's what I'm, the, the thing is they didn't get they didn't get and when they tried to they fought so much that they give up they're like you know what it's okay you know and some of it is from getting advice from this so called uncles and aunts who think they know a lot and you know nobody knows more than god yeah so the best person to ask god i mean to ask about your destiny or what you're here on earth for is god himself you may get i wouldn't even say get a second opinion because sometimes the person you're getting a second opinion from is a detractor so what i would say is god will give you a confirmation from people who probably are not even within your family circles they're not within your immediate circle uh, circle but 
they hear from God and that's the important thing or they have heard from God concerning you yeah because there is a reason there's a purpose for your breath of life even this very second everything happens with a purpose and a plan God is very organized about things and things happen for a reason <clears throat> excuse me things happen for a reason and a purpose things don't just happen you know like you, the fact that you're listening to this isn't just a mere occurrence. It's probably because there's something you need to change in your own generation. And I mean, when I think about my own journey, it started, I don't know whether it started, I can't say it started, but what I remember is listening to a conference. And this lady, she was called, I don't know, Prophetess Who. <laughs> yeah, don't judge me. So she's called, she's a prophetess and she said how the enemy fights some of us. And she says the enemy is fighting some of you and your own previews. Like you haven't even started doing what God has asked you to do yet. And already the enemy is, is fighting you. And then she started talking about people who are, uh, what did she call them? Did you call them bondage breakers? No, she called them something to do with shifting the direction of your uh, your family, your family tree or your family line. Yeah, like the curse breaker or something. So she called it the breaker anointing. So she prayed over that. She prayed for guys to have the breaker anointing. I think for me that was my turnaround because I was like, what is this? Even the other day, like two weeks ago, I was still learning about this breaker anointing. But it basically means that you're the shifter of the direction or the path that your family is following because there are certain things that God has brought into your attention that are wrong with your bloodline, your people, i.e. where you came from, uh, we haven't even talked about the ones you're married to, if you're married, but just your own people, and you're the one to break it. So God does have a remnant everywhere. He keeps somebody or some people who he can always count on to shift the direction of a negative trend. That's what I'm convinced that he didn't just sit and wait and say, let's see what will happen. No, he actually raises up people. And it can be at a very high or extreme cost. But the thing is, um, you are prepared for this, right? So if you're the one to break the curse, the generational curses and all, he'll give you the resources, he'll give you the tools. He'll even give you the idea that there's something wrong. Because people just don't see. They don't see it. Like, funny enough even <laughs> you could be listening to me thinking what's the big deal what is this all about i mean people get sick <laughs> that's what my sis was telling me the other day people get sick people get laid out of work hmm? you you're here telling us and she didn't say that but you know it was like there's a rational explanation to what's happening and you could be the one, on the other hand, who's thinking, no, something here doesn't quite add up, right? I told you there's a wizard who lives above me. Um, I think there are two. Or maybe they share a house and it's a coven. I don't know. 
But even that has a purpose. You know, it's easy to say or start railing at God. Why would you allow me to live in a house where witches and wizards are all over the place? They're literally about five or six. Um, at least two or three on my floor. Or two and or three above me. You know, they're actually God. I think God gave me six. At least six, yeah? So it's easy for me to start railing and talking about how, um, sorry, I may, I may come on camera one day. So I said I'm making my hair right now, so it's not going to work. <laughs> not today. So uh, you, you may be wondering, I may be like, God, how could you allow this? Like, how can I be going through all this? But even in that is a plan and purpose for this to be like the affliction that I bear. It's called a cup. This is my cup, right? So for any greatness, you have to have a cup to drink. The cup is bitter. Um, like in the case of Jesus, his cup was death, death by crucifixion. Not just death, eh? Death by crucifixion. For somebody else, their cup is different. I don't know what your cup is, but there's always a price, right? And that price is supposed to yield something greater and more eternal. Pure, pure redemptive. So you talk about the redemptive value of something. It happened, but have you appreciated it for its redeeming value? Did it get you from a point of decay, death, and bring you to life, abundance, or joy? Was that, do you understand that that was, or, or was that the result? Was that the result? Or do you understand that that is supposed to be the end result, that people should be in a better place because of what you had to go through? It is not a sentence on its own. It is supposed to yield fruit and benefit. So think about Job. I'm still reading that. Okay, that book of Job is long, but I'm still reading Job. It's been like, it's been a long time. I don't even want to say how long. But there is, there was a purpose for Job to go through all what he went through and there are lessons to learn. The biggest one for me was intercession, interceding for even those who rail against you, your false accusers your quote-unquote enemies. Know how Jesus says, pray for your enemies. I was like, what? I remember when God asked me to pray for the people I knew were behind my uh, so-called affliction. And I struggled with it. I did. I did do it, but I don't think I even did it like wholeheartedly. At first, I was like, okay, you want me to do this? I'm going to do it. Here it goes. Father, forgive. da 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 da, da. Until I said to see the bigger picture, or rather, Father, have mercy upon this and these people, and I forgive them. So I'm saying I forgive them, and I wasn't even sure whether I was really forgiving, but but it's a journey. It's a bit of a process, eh? but at least I'm willing to go through it, right? The, the thing about these things, there's sometimes for future generations, there's sometimes for people you don't know, like now I'm putting this 
on social media, I don't know who's going to listen to it. I don't know how they'll react to it. I don't know what they'll, how they'll perceive me or perceive my family. Like, it's a risk on its own. But yet, there could be someone that this could save their marriage, save their life, save their children's lives, save their business, save their relationships in the, in the places of influence that they, you know, whatever, wherever they interact. I mean, it could bring more understanding to why they're going through what they're going through and thereby handle it better. And maybe it's their lifeline. I don't know. I don't know what will come of it. I don't know what will become of it. But one thing I know for sure, God isn't random. We may think he is, but he doesn't just set things up to watch what will happen. But he watches what to do. Also, I may have an audience that's not... Let's just do this and then see what will happen. No, God doesn't do that kind of stuff. Everything is very intentional. Everything adds up. The school you went to, the friends you met along the way to your journey in life, or rather to your, along the way in your journey to your purpose. The people, everything adds up where you live, who you met, who you didn't like, who you liked. Even who you fell in love with, funny enough. Everything is suited for God's purposes. There's no gray area. There's no good or bad. So in some way, all things do work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And all means all. All means all. So what needs to shift is your attitude towards that thing that happened. Because if all things work together for good, then it means even that is going to work together for good. Can I hear an amen? So that's, I think this is the last section. Or this is the last bit. This could be. Yeah, should be the last bit. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening.